All right, we are finishing up our series this morning called Simply Jesus. And the heart behind this whole series has been to get our focus back on Jesus. How many of you know it's very easy for us to get our focus off of Jesus, right? All it, all it does is uh, take a, a shake a shake in our, in, our, in our finances, and we get our eyes off of Jesus, right? Um, your, your car can, uh, um, whatever, run out of gas. You, you get your eyes fall apart, whatever. A flat tire will get your eyes focused off of Jesus. An argument with your spouse will get your eyes focused off of Jesus. Um, a, uh, your children can very easily get our eyes redirected off of Jesus. And uh, for us... As a people of God, I'm not just saying Restoration LA, as believers and followers of Christ, it is paramount that we keep our eyes focused on the King. Um, someone once said that you, you go in the direction that you're looking, right? Um, and so if you think about that, if our eyes are focused on Christ, then we are going to be going in the direction of Christ. If your eyes are focused on your circumstances, then you're really going to stand still. Right? Circumstances causes, cause, cause us to navel gaze. Navel gaze is just look at ourselves and be like, man, look, look at where I'm at. And I have no money and all these. We, we, it causes uh, us to be stagnant in our movement with God. If you're focused on the past, if your eyes are always looking backward, then we're never looking towards a victory that God secured for us on the cross. Um, I believe uh, my friend Terry Kruger says this, is, is, or no, sorry, Tyron Daniel. He says, it, it's not at the cross, it's through the cross. Jesus didn't want us to just stay at the foot of the cross and, and, and let that be the place that we rest. Jesus got off of the cross. Jesus was put in a tomb, rose from the grave where he's ascended to heaven. And so we're not even, as believers, please hear me, no longer even looking at the cross. We remember the cross. We remember what was secured at the cross. But our king is seated on the throne and our eyes should be directed towards his lordship. Right? And so this is what matures us as a people of God. This is, this is what allows you and I to not stay stagnant. If you're feeling stagnant, look at the di- or, or, or consider the direction that you're looking. Are you looking to the past? Are you looking to your circumstances, the here and now, or are you looking to Jesus, right? Are you looking ahead to the things that Christ is calling out of your life? The things that Jesus has already secured for you on the cross. Those things that Vanessa prophesied over us today, that, that darkness that Jesus absorbed so that you can be free. He took the pain on himself. He took the guilt on himself. He put the shame on himself so that you wouldn't have to live with it any longer. You can be free. Right? It's like stripping off all that weight. Now you could just run. We need to run. God's calling us to advance. And advancement uh, is uh, pertinent to the kingdom. So, uh, we're going to be in John chapter 14. And so, our four-part series, Simply Jesus. Jesus, our prize. um, Jesus, our predecessor. um, Jesus, our priority today. Jesus, our pathway. Right? Jesus, our pathway. So let's pray. Lord, we come before you this morning, and as we dive into your word, Lord, we ask that you will bring revelation to us. Lord, there's not a person in this room that has you figured out. There's not a person in this room that has 
full revelation of who you are. But Lord, we pray for more. We're asking for more. More wisdom, more knowledge, more intimacy, more of you. As we engage these scriptures, Lord, I pray that that is revealed to us in a real way. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. John chapter 14, I'm going to start with verse 1. And it says, do not let your heart be troubled. If you have a troubled heart this morning, do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. How many of you believe in God? Not as a concept, as the Father. There's a lot of people in the world that believe in God. I believe in God. But you could look at their life and there's nothing about their life that shows that there's a relationship between them and their heavenly father. Right? You could say, I know my dad, but I don't have a relationship with him. That's a big difference. You guys with me? Believe in God. But then Jesus says this. Believe also in me. God the father, God the son. In my father's house, listen to me, friends, my father's house, there are many dwelling places. Some some other interpretations would say mansion. And this is speaking about heaven. This is speaking about eternity. In eternity, this this place that Jesus has gone to prepare for us, that we understand is is heaven, is is there's many places, right? Of many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. So Jesus is saying, what has been promised to you is true. What has been promised to you is real. Heaven is a real place. Believe in God. Believe in me. In heaven, God has prepared a place for you. Are you hearing me, friends? Do you have that hope this morning? If you have that hope this morning, say amen. amen. If you didn't say amen, someone poke that person and say, you have that hope. Don't, don't do it. Listen, Jesus was saying, listen, if it wasn't so, I would tell you. I'm, I'm the son of God. I am God here on earth. If it wasn't so, if it was just a hoop dream, if there was some misunderstanding about all of the ancient scriptures that the, the scribes and the, and the Pharisees and Sadducees and priests have been talking to you about, if it wasn't real, I would have told you, but it's real. It's real and you need to bank on it. For I go to prepare a place for you. Jesus saying, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And this is Jesus giving them comfort because he's announcing to them, hey, I'm, I'm leaving this place. I'm going to have to endure the cross. I'm going to have to leave this earth to, to triumph over sin and death through the death on a cross, burial, resurrection, ascension. So he's giving them some comfort. Listen, I'm going to prepare a place for you. We'll be together again. If I go and I prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. I'm coming to pick you up, the church. That where I am, there you may also be. How many of you know that that's always been the heart of God? How many of you know that that's always been the design of God for between him and his children, that we would be in his presence? The presence of God is the greatest gift that you and I will ever have. And I wonder if we value that as the greatest gift we will ever have. Just think about this. In Genesis, when God created the world, God created both man and woman. And we see in Genesis that God would walk on the earth in the cool of the evening and spend time with Adam and Eve. It was his presence that was gifted to them. And it wasn't until sin entered the world that God had to remove his presence 
right? Remove his presence, his physical manifest presence from mankind. And it wasn't until Jesus came back to be that bridge again for the presence of God to dwell with man. Isn't that amazing? This is the greatest gift that you and I have ever been given. And it's something that Jesus secured for us. And this is why us gathering together is so important to the kingdom, so important to Jesus. The Bible says when two or more are gathered, what happens? God is in our midst, right? That God is in our midst. And this is why this is important. The presence of God is in this place. If you're ever wondering why you're worshiping God, you begin to feel your spirit either leaping or sometimes your, your, your spirit begins to, uh, and if you've ever just begun to cry in the presence of God, because it, there, there's, His manifest presence is something that our spirit being longs for. Right? We've been created in the image of God. How many of you believe that? We've been created in the image of God, but the, the, the greatest thing about us that is most like God is our spirit. Right? Our eternal spirit that will live forever with God. I, I love this. It's deep. It's rich. Here we go. I will come again. I will receive you to myself for, I, for where I am. There you will also be. And you know that where I am going. And so Jesus is saying, and you know where I'm going. And then here comes Thomas. I love the interactions with, with the disciples because it, it reminds me a lot of myself. It reminds me of the questions. It, 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 it also reminds me. That it's okay to have questions. Look at your neighbor and say, it's okay to have questions. It's okay to have questions. So many times, that, like within, within church ranks, or I don't know if you've ever felt like this, like you can't have questions. We have questions. We're human. We are living in, in, a, in a supernatural atmosphere that doesn't make sense. Can you tell me that everything about God makes sense? Of course not. He is an eternal being. His kingdom operates outside of time and space, right? God causes things to happen, and we don't know all of the, the, um, the micro and macro of who he is, the big things, the small things. And in these, reading these truths should prompt questions, because I just don't get it. And so you can imagine what the disciples felt when they're walking with him. And like, did he really just walk on water? And here's Thomas. And a lot of the times the Bible, um, or not the Bible, sorry, we call Thomas Doubting Thomas, right? That's even like a, a, a little nickname uh, in, in American culture. Oh, don't be a Doubting Thomas. And it comes from this disciple Thomas who was always giving questions, right? Always giving questions. And I, and I, gotta, I, I, don't, I don't blame him. It's very easy for us to be like, man, Thomas, come on, bro. You walked with Jesus for three and a half years. Thomas was the one say, Lord, if it's really you, let me stick my hand in your side where they stab you. I want to know it's you. I want proof. And we could very easy step outside and be like, come on, bro, what's wrong with you? But we'd be right there. Because time and time again, how often has God revealed himself to us? And we still ask God, God, I don't know, God, you're going to have to show me. You're gonna have to really. You're gonna have to show me again, God. So here's here's Thomas and Thomas, and so Jesus just says, "You know where I'm going. I've talked to you about this our whole time together. The Pharisees and the and the Sadducees and the scribes and the priests they've they've all talked to you about eternity. They've all told you about these things. You know where I'm going." And then Thomas said to him, "Lord, we do not know where you're going. How do we know the way? <laughs> we don't know where you're going." Right? We don't know where you're going. How 
Do we know the way? How many of you have ever felt like that? I don't know where I'm going. And there's even times when you just begin to think about eternity, when we begin to think about, I mean, think about how fear grips us. And we think about things like life and death and how death, the the thought of death, the concept of death, the the thought of taking our last breath here on earth and, and no longer existing in physical form here, that fear begins to set in because why? We don't know where we're going. There's these doubts that begin to set in. And this is something that Thomas expresses. And he expresses it in order to help us understand even today. Are you with us? Are you with me? So listen. We don't know where you're going. How do we know the way? Right? Thomas was asking the most honest question that you can ask. Lord, don't know if there's a heaven. And don't know how to get there. Think about that. Now, as Christians, we know, right? We, we should know. If you've said yes to Jesus, you said yes to Jesus, not only because of the life and relationship you want to live with him, but also because of the hope of glory, right? The hope of heaven that is promised to us that when we take our last breath on this earth, that we will be with God, right? John three sixteen: for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him will not die but have eternal life, right? This is a promise that we hold on to. How many of you hold on to that promise, right? But there's still times when we're not walking out that promise because we don't know where we're going. We have doubts about that eternal life. And this is how Jesus responds, right? Uh, I'm sorry, this is how Thomas is responding to this. How do we know the way? How do we know the way? As followers of Jesus, I think this is one of the greatest things that we need to know about Jesus is how we know the way. Because if you don't know the way, how can you ever give someone else directions? Right. And how many of you believe that it's, it's important for us to give other people directions to Jesus? Now, I know a lot of us men, we don't like to take directions from other people, especially when we're lost. But here you go. I'm going to say this to you. You guys need to write this down. It's the most profound thing I'm ever going to say to you. When you're lost, you need to ask for directions. My wife's giving me an eyeball and I'm not even looking at her right now. Lost people need direction. Lost people need direction. And if we have the directions, we need to be doing what? Passing on the directions, right? Because found people do what? Find people. Isn't that a good thing? So here, how do we know the way? And Jesus gave him the greatest foundational truth that a believer can stand on. Are you hearing me? These are some of the greatest foundational truths for us as believers in this portion of Scripture. If you have your physical Bibles with you, I pray that you are underlining this, highlighting it, circling the page, dog-earing it, writing it on your hand, whatever it takes for you to memorize where this is at. This is an important piece of Scripture, and we need to know it. Jesus said to him, who said Jesus said, I am the way, say that with me, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. This is a powerful scripture. This is a foundational scripture. This scripture, man, it draws a line in the sand, friends. This scripture puts it in the sand. It it, it begins to cut, right? Bone from marrow. This is, this is where it hits the road. I am the truth. I am the life. 
No one comes to the Father. I am the, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We're going to break that down in a bit. But listen, heaven is real. Heaven is real. Do you believe that? And heaven is exclusive. Whoa. Heaven is exclusive. There are some people who will not be admitted into heaven. Have you ever tried to get into a place that you didn't belong? Have you ever tried to sneak in somewhere? Right? You ever, th- you ever think your name was on a list and it wasn't? Right? Have you ever, like, any of that? Right? If you don't have the proper credentials. I, trust me, I've been thrown out of places, tried to get into places I shouldn't have been. Uh, my friend Mark Harper, he says, uh, if you're white and if you wear khakis and have a clipboard, you can get in anywhere. <laughs> so he's funny he, so they wanted to see um, they wanted to go into Bronco Stadium him and his friend so they had this plan he's like listen dude we're white bro we'll just put some khakis on hold the clipboard and we'll walk in and no one will bug us and they did it <laughs> they're like they got onto the field and they were just like I was like hey must be nice yeah. some of you guys would have been arrested and picked up another strike but <laughs> heaven heaven is exclusive heaven is exclusive listen I love how Jesus starts this and, and, and yes I'm playing with words but listen I'm breaking up this sentence I am the terminology of I am is designated for only God And for Jesus on earth to say, I am, was blasphemous. Could have been blasphemous if he wasn't Christ. If he wasn't the son of the living God. If he wasn't the Messiah, the anointed one. If he wasn't the one sent by God, for him to say, I am, that was instant stoning. Jesus said, I am. And here we go. I am the way. Right? Jesus is the way to the Father. There's no other way, friends. There's no other way. There's no Buddha. There's no Allah. There's no other John Smith. There's no, there's no other way to God the Father except through Jesus. This puts a line in the sand. We see bumper stickers in our, in our, in our nation and in our communities that say, coexist. Now listen, I believe we need to love our neighbors. And if that's what they mean by coexist, then I'm in agreement. Whether they're Muslim or Buddhist or Hindu, yes, we need to love them. Because that's what Jesus has commanded us to do. If that's what they mean by coexist, then I understand. But if what they mean by coexist is that there is many ways to God, then I am saying absolutely not. Because Jesus has said, I am the way, I am the truth. And I am the life. There's no way to the Father. There's no way to God. There's no way to eternity except through me. Jesus put the line in the sand. And why this series is simply Jesus? Because Jesus said it. And if Jesus said it, this has to be imprinted on our hearts, friends. Not just in our head, not just in ideologies, and not just when, when, when we're around other Christians. Because I'm telling you, when you are around other religious groups... It could get tense. 
We're going to get to truth in a bit, but Jesus is the way. Jesus is the only way to the Father, right? And he said this, if it was not so, I would have told you. One of the, one of the, 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 one of the saddest experiences I had within taking a um, world religions course at the seminary level was hearing other Christians say that they believed that the possibility Other religions can lead people to to heaven, to God. They believed that there was a possibility. Was the absolute, I mean, it it, it shattered my educational, my spiritual educational world. Because I couldn't come to grips with how people who follow Jesus believe that somehow Christ could reveal himself through Hinduism. Or through Buddhism. Because here, here's why, friends, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to, to, to just hold on to, with me. <laughs> if there was another way, if there is another way, if there's a chance that Buddha had it right, or, or, or Hinduism, or, or, you put it, or, or uh, Islam, if, if, if there was a chance then why would God have allowed his son to be murdered on a cross in the way that he was? Because when Jesus was going to the cross in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he was, he was sweating and, 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 and crying tears of blood, I mean, he, he, was, he was anxious and he was, he was fearful, not eternal fear, but of, of what the, 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 um, the death experience he was about to, to undertake. He said, God, if there's any way that this cup can pass from me. Meaning, if there's another way, God. Heavenly Father, if there was another way, let this cup pass from me. And there wasn't another way. Because Jesus said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And the Father's will was done. And Jesus was crucified on the cross. There is no other way. Speaking about the freedom that comes with the salvation of Christ. I want us to just take a picture. And I'm not saying, I don't want you to judge. And I'm not, but when we think about the other religions of the world. What religions are producing free people? Free people. Not under the oppressions of rules and regulations and governments and living in fear of man. You tell me what other religions are, are, are producing free people. Jesus said, I come to give them life and life abundantly. Jesus is the way. Are you with me? Jesus is the truth. The only, the, only Jesus contains the truth of the Father. Do we believe that? If, if only Jesus is the truth, then can truth be found anywhere else? Can truth be found in, in other teachings, right? I mean, there's books out there, and, and, and I don't like to slam 
things and people. But listen, the, a, another testament of Jesus Christ. Another testament? So his testament wasn't good enough. We needed to make a, another testament. I mean, the, 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 he is the truth. There's only one truth. Jesus is the truth. He carries the truth of the Father. It can't be found anywhere else. It can't be found in the Quran. It can't be found in any other of these books. It is found in Jesus Christ. And Jesus says, I am the life. Only Jesus can give the life of the Father. Only Jesus can produce the eternal life that the Father gifted to us. Do we believe that? It's not works, which means you can't even produce that life. Well, what if I'm a really good person? If you don't have Jesus, you're not going to find the life that God has gifted you through Jesus. Right? We can't just bank on, I'm a really good person. Do I really need Jesus? I've talked to people like that. I don't need the salvation of Jesus. Right? I like Jesus. I follow the teachings of Jesus, but I don't need Jesus' salvation. Only Jesus can give the life of the Father. Um, I love this. It, um, in, in Matthew Henry's commentary, these, the way, the truth, and the life is a way of saying he's the beginning, the middle, and the end. Right? right? Jesus shows us um, the way. Right? He, he teaches us to live in his truth. And in the end, the reward is what? It's life. The beginning, the middle, the end. I love that. No one comes to the Father but through me. There's no other way. There's no other way. Now, I'm not here to hammer that down for you. I really believe that each and every one of us needs a revelation of that. I believe that for me. I'm passing that truth on to you because Jesus himself has said that. There's no other way. You have to wrestle with that. We have to wrestle with that. Just like Thomas had to wrestle with the truths that Jesus was giving him. We have to wrestle with that. We have to wrestle with that in this world. I'm sorry to bring this up. You guys know I don't like bringing up politics. But man, New York just signed, signed an abortion document. The state of New York just signed an abortion document. I hope there's not, well, I don't want to get it. But it's, it's horrid. Jesus brings life. And you guys know the testimony that my wife has shared. I'm not, I'm not trying to speak against a person. I'm trying to say this government and this world are, are pushing us. Are pushing us in ways that are outside of Christ. And we're just signing on the dotted line. And we're just subscribing to all that's been thrown at us. I also loved that Iowa just also signed an abortion document that made the, the strictest, strictest abortion laws in the nation, which I was happy to say, but I'm still praying that there'll be no abortions because Jesus chooses life. He's the producer of life. Oh, sorry. No other way. Isaiah 35, 8 says this. A highway will be there, a roadway, and it will be called the highway of holiness. What will it be called? The highway of holiness The unclean will not travel on it, but it will be for him who walks that way. And the fools will not wander on it. Right? Jesus is the way. It's not an easy way. We've talked about that. This isn't easy. Right? 
Few choose this path. It would be called the highway of holiness. There is no other way. There is no other truth. If Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, then there's no other way. And that means there's no other truth. Now today, the world tells us that truth is relevant. Right? Just think about it. When you get into an argument with someone, especially about politics, it's right, okay, you can believe what you believe, and I'll believe what I believe, and we can agree to disagree. Have you have had those conversations? I've had those conversations, because we're not going to win in today's politi- political climate. It's just like you're hot or cold, right? You're on one side or the other. You can't be in the middle. Listen, and I tell you time and time again, we need to choose Jesus, even in the political realm. Right? I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I choose Jesus. And I try to vote... My, 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 I try to vote closest to my biblical views, but no one could ever match up to that. Because we don't have Jesus following politicians running for office. They go to church, or they say they go to church, but it, it, we're never going to... It's pick your poison. You guys know that. And so if you picked Hillary last, last, last time around, or you picked Trump, who won? No one, right? We still subscribe to a higher power, and that's Jesus. And so in, in this thing, right, we can, in, when it comes to truth, the truth in this world is relevant. Well, when we're talking about truth in the kingdom, it's not relevant. There's one truth, and it's Jesus' truth. And it can be in the kingdom of God that, okay, you can believe what you believe, and I'll believe what I believe. No, it doesn't matter what you or I believe. It's what Jesus has said. He is truth. And what Jesus has said is truth. And when Jesus says things like, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, no one comes to the Father except through me, boom! That's a truth bomb. It's just exploded in our faces, and now we've got to deal with the aftermath, is it? Is it true for me? Because if it's not true for me, then I have to wrestle with God until He, he helps me make it true for me. There was no other truth. And listen to this, friends. There was no life outside of Christ. Not this kind of life. Sure, you can go on living. There's a lot of people living life. But not this kind of life. Not the life that is produced by Jesus. Not the eternal life that has been promised to us by our Heavenly Father. Um, The scholar Bruce, he wrote this. um, All truth is God's truth. I want us to be careful. All truth is God's truth, as all life is God's life. But listen to me, friends. But God's truth and God's life are incarnate in Jesus. So here's how we weigh that out. Here's how you and I weigh out truth in life when it comes to measuring up who's right and who's wrong and what's really true and what's not true. And is what that person say, it sounds kind of true, but is it really true? And man, that's kind of tickling in my ear. Is that right or is that wrong? Here it is. If it's truth, it's incarnate in Jesus. So when someone says to you, well, you know, uh, the prophet Muhammad, he, you know, he was, he was a prophet of God and, and, and his truths will lead you to heaven. Well, let me match that up. How does Jesus figure into that factor? He doesn't. So then that must be tr- untrue. Even, even a little firmer, that must be a lie. Now listen, I'm not speaking against people, people groups I'm speaking against religions who have set them up, set themselves up against the kingdom of God and against the son of the living God, Jesus. 
Are you with me? I hope you're with me. Follow along. All truth is God's truth, and all life is God's life, but God's truth and God's life are incarnate in Jesus. So if you find Jesus in that truth, you're in a safe zone. If you find Jesus in that life, you're in a safe zone. If Jesus is excluded from that truth, you better start asking questions. If Jesus is excluded from that life, then you better start asking questions. Right? Verse 7, we're back to John 14. Verse 7 says, and this is Jesus now speaking back to Thomas. If you had known me, here we go, Thomas, you've been walking with me, man. If you, if you, if you know who I am, or shouldn't you know me by now, right? If you had known me, you would have known my father also. And so Jesus is putting himself, again, I am putting himself with God the Father, saying, if you know me, you know the Father. If you would have known me, you would have known the Father. For now, uh, from now on, you know him, and you have seen me. Because you know me, you know the Father. And you know the Father, why? Because you've seen me. Let's go back to the question. Jesus, how do we know where you're going? Jesus, how do we know the way? If you want to get to the Father, it goes through me. How do you know that it's true? Because you've seen me and I'm pointing you to the Father. Who else directs us to God the Father? Who else directs us to our Heavenly Father? Yahweh. I'm not talking about Allah. I'm not talking about Buddha. I'm talking about Yahweh, the God of all gods, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Who else directs us to Him? Jesus. Jesus. But I like this. If you had known me, and what is this speaking about? This is speaking about intimacy. Can you say that with me? Intimacy. If you had known me, Thomas, if, if, if you had the relationship with me that you should have, then this truth would be buried inside of your soul because you know me. You know me. When you know Jesus, friends, when we know Jesus, this becomes solidified in who we are. There is no question. And here's this. There's not even insecurity about it. When you're around people who, who are from different um, uh, religions, you don't get all in, a, in an uproar and angry and want to hurt somebody. Your heart should break, actually. But their beliefs doesn't cause me to be insecure or be angry. Just think about Jesus walking on the earth. Think about the Roman soldiers who worshipped plur, uh, pluralistic uh, uh, or, or multiple gods. Did, was he insecure about it? Was, it, was, it, was he beginning to speak angry to people who worshipped other gods? No. He pointed them to the truth in love. It's known intimacy. When you have intimacy with God, when you know Jesus, there's no need for insecurity. There's no need for you to be all in an uproar. Because then you start questioning, well, are they right? Do you know Jesus? Of course I know Jesus. Then what are you questioning? There's nothing to question. You know Jesus, he is in your heart. He has revealed himself to you time and time again. You've experienced the salvation of the Lord. There's no reason for us to begin to doubt what he has done. Are you with me? Known intimacy with God, right? If you had known me, you would have known my father also. From now on, you know him because you have seen him. Jesus say, now you have access You have access to be known. You have access to this relationship with God because of me. There's no reason to be insecure anymore, Thomas. There's no reason to have these these, these questions of, of, Lord, where are you going and how do we get there? I revealed it to you. Verse 8, 
And then Philip gets involved. <laughs> Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and it'll be enough for us. And so I love that. If you have multiple kids, you know what this is like. Because they always use one as like a scapegoat. Like, go, go ask mom. Like, you go tell her. Right? And so, so this is always happening with them. So they, Thomas is like, Lord, we don't know the way. Lord, show us the way. And then, you know, Philip's in the back and he's like, um, yeah, Lord, if you just show us, then we'll know. You know, this is, this is how I picture this happening. Lord, show us the Father and it'll be enough for us. Right? Show us, God. And Jesus said to him, listen to this. Have I been so long with you and yet you have not come to know me, Philip? I have that question for us this morning, friends. How long have we been walking with the Lord? How long have you known Jesus? When was the day that you said yes to Jesus? And you said, Lord, I I need you as my Savior in my life. I invite you into my life to be my Lord and Savior. I want to follow you. Do you remember that day? If you haven't had that day, I would love for today to be that day. But for for those of us who do remember that day, how long has that been? Two years, three years, two months, ten years, twenty years. And do we still not know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life? And no one goes to the Father except through him. Because Jesus asked Philip here, how long have I been with you and you still don't know? You're still asking me to show you? (laughs) I still have to prove myself to you? Right? Janet Jackson style, what have you done for me lately? Is that the relationship we had from God? Or was the cross enough? Was the cross enough? Was, what, was, was the resurrection enough? Was the ascension enough? Is him seated on the throne at the right hand of God enough? That he has to reveal himself again? For us it should be enough friends. Because the next time Christ reveals himself I'm telling you. Every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess at that place that he is Lord. And they will know. They will know. And we will be, I don't want to call it vindicated, but something like that. We are right. He was the way. He is the truth and he is the life. Philip, have I been so long with you Yet you have not come to know me. He said, have you been walking with me so long that you still don't know me? Again, speaking of intimacy, to be known is to be intimate. To allow myself to be known is to allow myself to be intimate. To allow myself to know another is, 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 is this intimacy Intimacy thing between us and the other. And so Jesus saying, if you know me, you've known the Father. And so there's an introduction. But then Jesus is now speaking to Philip and says, how long have I been with you that you still don't have intimacy with me to know? Are we walking with Jesus without intimacy? Because it's this intimacy that actually solidifies these truths in our lives. That Jesus is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. And it isn't this big old resurrected wall between us and the world and say, Jesus is it. 
Everyone else is out. It's a truth that's solidified in our heart that allows us to be the agents of the kingdom here on this earth that he's called us to be. It's not to secure ourselves in this little Christian bubble and say, all right, everyone else is out. Verse 9, the second part. He who has seen me has seen the Father. And how can you say, show us the Father? He's talking to Philip. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So how are you asking me, Lord, show me the Father? How could you even ask that? You have me. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? Here's a question, friends. Do we not believe that Jesus is God? Do we not believe it? This has to be solidified in the foundations of our belief system that we know that Jesus was God. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is me? The world, I'm sorry, the words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father abiding in me does his work. So I'm not I'm just trying to establish, hey, I am God. I'm trying to show you that God has made me God so that I can reveal myself to you. This is what Jesus is saying. Believe me that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me. Otherwise, Believe because of the works themselves. So if you can't, if you can't grasp right, the, the theological understanding of this, then please grasp what you have seen with your own eyes. Has God changed your life? Has God continued to change people's lives around you? You see what's happening in the life of this church. You see the freedom that's taking place here. You've seen the salvations that have come. We've seen healing and restoration in this place. Believe those things then. To know that God is real. You can't wrap your mind around the theological understanding of these things. Then believe your eyes. Believe what you've been seeing. And if you haven't been seeing. Here's my encouragement. Open your eyes. Open your eyes. Truly, truly I say to you. He who believes in me. The works that I do. Are you with me friends? He will also do. The greater works. I'm sorry. And greater works then these he will do because I go to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. And then Jesus says this in verse 15. I'm sorry, believe in me, right? And then verse 15 says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Those two things, friends. Believe me, Love me. (laughs) This is what Jesus is asking of us. I am the way, the truth, and the life. How does that work itself out? Believe in me and love me. Because if you love God, you'll keep his commandments. And if we're here on this earth and we're believing in Jesus and we're loving Jesus, then we're going to do the things that he did. I guarantee you and I promise you with all my heart and everything I know to be true upon scripture that when that time comes, there's no question. There's no question. There's no doubt. It's solidified. We are standing on truth. We are standing on a bedrock of truth. And I think there's far too many Christians living in doubt like, I don't know if I'm going to make it to heaven. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Believe in me. Love me. Let that be the the, the driving force of your life. That I believe in Jesus and I love Jesus and I'm going to live for Jesus. 
And all of those things, I am the way, the truth, and the life, man, those things work themselves out. Amen? Would you guys stand with me this morning? If you wouldn't mind closing your eyes for a second. Um, my first... My first invitation this morning is for anyone today that is is not in a relationship with Jesus. You don't know Jesus in, in this way, but today you want to. And really, it starts with a prayer, but it doesn't end with a prayer. It starts with a prayer. Bible says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and you believe that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And that starts with an invitation. you saying, Jesus, I want to know you and I want to be known by you. And if that's you this morning, you want the foundations of these truths of knowing that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one gets to the Father except through him. If you want to solidify that in your life this morning, I want to pray with you. Everyone's eyes are closed. We're not going to embarrass you. I would just love for you to raise your hand if I can say that prayer with you this morning. Awesome. I see your hand. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. I see your hand this morning. Thank you. If you're raising your hand this morning or or if you feel you need to pray this with me, I, I want to give you this invitation. Just pray after me. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. I believe that God raised you from the dead. I believe that you are seated in heaven, interceding on my behalf. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I choose to start my relationship with you today. Help me believe God. I want to know that you are the way, the truth, and the life. And as of today, I know no one goes to the Father except through you. Thank you, Jesus, for accepting me as I am. I ask for forgiveness for the way I've lived. And I choose to live for you. Amen. If you're, if you're still praying, just keep your eyes closed. God has called us to be agents of the kingdom. And these truths are, are, are so important to us walking out. That Jesus says greater works, right? Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will also do. And greater works than these he will do. And I really believe that the Lord is wanting to commission the church And he's wanting to commission you into this lifestyle of doing works, greater works than Jesus. Can you believe that? But it starts with these truths. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And so if you want to begin to walk that out in your life today, I just want to invite you to raise your hands to the Lord. And I'm going to ask the Lord for us, for us, that we begin to walk in these truths. So Jesus, we come before you this morning. And Lord, we say yes, God. Lord, maybe up to this point... Each of us has fallen short. Maybe up to this point, we haven't walked out to these truths to the fullest, fullness because of doubt. Lord, because we're, we're, we're waiting for you to show us something else again. But Lord, I say for, from this day forward, Lord, that we begin to walk in these truths like never before. 
Lord, we want to do your will. We want to live for you, Lord. We, as we believe and we trust and we love you, God. Lord, we want to see greater works unleashed from the life of this church and from your bride universal into this world, Father, because it is not your heart that one should perish. Lord, give us a revelation and give us a fire in our spirit that we will not stand by any longer, that we are going to be the found people who find people. We are going to be the lost people with directions that are giving others directions, God. Lord, I pray, I pray, Father, for fresh revelation. Fresh unctions of the Spirit in Jesus' name. We commission your church, God. Commission your church. I pray, Father, an activation in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And we pray this. Amen and amen. Amen. Let's give Jesus praise this morning. Thank you guys so much.